Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged with the message today. Hallelujah. Welcome to this year of taking off. Amen. And we trust and believe that the Lord will honor his word in our lives this year. Amen. Amen. It's good to see you in God's house. Last week we started a new series. We called it, uh, we've called it Taking Over. Last week we looked at part one, uh, which the subtitle of uh, last week's message was God's Faithfulness. Hallelujah. And today we are talking about Taking Over, part two, and the subtitle is God Owns Everything which means you and I own nothing. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at that. And uh, in this kind of a situation whereby God owns everything and you and I own nothing, therefore, what is our responsibility in that kind of a situation? So let's turn our Bibles to the book of Joshua 21, verse 43. And... uh, we are looking at the Amplified Version of the Bible, where the Bible says in verse 43, So the Lord gave Israel all the land, not some of the land, not part of the land, but all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, in brackets in my Bible says, ancestors, and they took possession of it and lived in it. Amen? Next week, we are going to look at the boundaries of the land that God gave them. And we'll look at this scripture in a totally different way in terms of all. So this is all the land that he gave them. And we will then discuss and say that they owning all the land. And if they are owning all the land, what do they do to own all the land? If they are not owning all the land, then what happens? So that's going to be next week. But for today, we just want to look at this in a bit more, uh, with a bit more in-depth. Last week I said, when you look at this verse that we have read this morning, it's actually a summary statement of God's character, the character of God. And I said, God is trustworthy, God is dependable, God is reliable, He does what he says he will do. When he makes a promise, he keeps his word. Somebody say amen. So I want you to take it in your life right away now. That as far as the character of God is concerned, he will prove himself trustworthy in your life. He will prove himself dependable in your life. He will prove himself reliable in your life. 
he will do what he has said he will do in your life. And every promise that God has made to you, he will keep his word. Hallelujah. We saw last week that about 600 to 800 years before the fulfillment of this scripture, God took an oath. He created an unconditional covenant and made a promise of land to a man who initially was called Abram and then later on his name was changed to Abraham. And when God created this an unconditional covenant and made a promise of land to this man, he declared to this man and said, it is going to be an everlasting possession. Hallelujah. Everlasting possession. Meaning forever and ever. And we find that promise, we read it last week, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 7. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 to 21. And in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 8. So what I did this week, because now I became more intrigued, I've actually become more intrigued with this topic we are looking at. I started looking at scripture and doing a bit more research. And this is what I found. I found that there are at least 170 references to the land that God gave to the seed of Abraham, that God gave to the seed of Isaac, and God gave to the seed of Jacob as an inheritance and also as an eternal, eternal, everlasting possession. 170 scriptures. I will try to send it over to pastor and see if we can print it. So that when we look at this next week, we'll be looking at these 170 scriptures, basically looking at them and saying, so God declared and said that this which we are looking at was an inheritance and everlasting possession, eternal possession, to a man called Abraham and the seed after him. And there are 55 times in the Bible that the Bible records whereby God confirms this promise of land, this eternal possession of land, this everlasting possession of land with an oath. 55 times. And 12 times all those times, he states that the covenant is an everlasting covenant. Hallelujah. Amen? What I said last week is that when God makes a promise, his promises are not open-ended. They are not unfulfilled. He fulfills. Hallelujah. And we saw last week that God, nobody, nobody, absolutely nobody, forced God to give this land to Abraham 
and his descendants forever. And there was absolutely nothing about Israel that required God to give them the land. Because in the land, there were already people living in that land. We saw last week about the Canaanites, the Gashites, the Canaanites, the Kenizzites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Hevites. There were people already living in that land. Hallelujah. But God decides, I'm going to give this land to Abraham and his descendants forever. Why did God give the land? Because it was God to give to whomever he saw it fit to give the land. Hallelujah. So there's some things God would do in your life, whether man likes it or not, he has decided that he will do it in your life, and therefore what's their beef? Hallelujah. Is it a problem? Because he has decided. He, he decides, I will bless you. He will bless you. When he decides, I will favor you, he will favor you. Whether people begin to take laser breads and cut themselves and take a knife and cut themselves and somebody swears, I'm not going to eat, I will do a hunger strike. Why have you, God, blessed this man and not me? And he's going to say, what's your problem? Hallelujah. When God decides to bless, he blesses. When you read the Bible, God makes a claim. And I want you to understand what I'm trying to say today. God makes a claim, and it is a comprehensive claim. It is a complete claim, and he claims that he owns everything Hallelujah. 
And he says, the world and those who dwell in the world. He says, they are his. Now, the question is, if he wants everything, then what do you and I want? The answer is, we own nothing. It's hard for you to say it, but you own nothing. Hallelujah. You own absolutely nothing. And the moment you understand this, that you own nothing, that's when you begin to live life. That's when, that's when you begin living. That's when, that's when your life will have a true meaning. Because most people They own what they don't own just because they have it. Just because you have a microphone doesn't mean that I own it. Who owns this microphone? It's a question I'm asking for the church. Actually, the church doesn't even own it. He says everything is his. Hallelujah. The church is just managing it. Hallelujah. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 67, I'll paraphrase it. The, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he was basically saying, What do you have that you didn't receive? What do you have that you didn't receive? For you to begin to think you have everything. What, what, what is it that you have that you didn't receive? Those of you who say, no, I, uh, I have taken over the, the house of my father, the house of my mother, was it because you received it that now today you claim you have it? It's also a sign that tomorrow you will leave it and somebody is going to have it. I don't think in this land, this land, this is a lot of us who came here when we bought this land and moved here. They used to be a house behind the stone. It was in a fence. Wire fence. There were officers there. And the person who was living there, whosoever was there, they used to say, This is mine. Hallelujah. And then, and then you and I, we come. And then we say, This is ours. This is our beacon. So whose land is it? Because if somebody was living here, they were saying it was their land. And you know what? They had a title deed. So even you having a title deed doesn't mean you own it. It's not yours. It's God's. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What God has done is that he has given you something to manage. But you don't own it. You are just managing the clothes. You are just managing the house. You are just managing whatever whatever you claim that it is yours. It is not yours. It is God's. Hallelujah. He is the owner and you are just a manager. Amen? Now, as a manager, you can either be a good manager or a bad manager. Hallelujah. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't own it. 
So the Bible says you were made for him and he is above all things and in him all things consist. In him. Hallelujah. John 1.3 All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Hallelujah. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Exodus 9.29 So Moses said to him, as soon as I've gone out of the, of the city, I'll spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there'll be no more hell. That you may know that the earth is the Lord's. And this is Moses speaking to Pharaoh. When Pharaoh himself considered himself to be a God. Have you met people who says, do you know who I am? Do you know what the answer is? They are what? Nothing. They are nothing. Because Pharaoh was told, they consider you a God. But I want to tell you the truth, Pharaoh. The earth is the Lord's. He has only given you an opportunity to manage it. But don't think it's yours. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 10, 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Also the earth with all that is in it belongs to God. Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handwork. Job 41 11. Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. Do you know what God is saying? He says, who was there before me? Who was there before me? So God is modest like says, okay, who was there before me? Because if somebody was there before me, then I need to pay that person. That's why this land, there was somebody who was owning this land who thought before we came. And because they thought they owned the land and they had a title deed for the land, in order for us to move in this land, we had to compensate them. But our compensating them was to say, hand over management of the land to us. And the day we will feel like we want to sell it, we have to be compensated as well. So God says, who has preceded me? Who was there before me? So that I may pay that person. Hallelujah. And then he says, everything under heaven is mine. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as heard over all. Psalm 50, verse 10 to 12. For every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the beds of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. So when God says, bring a tithe into my house. That there may be food in my house. Try me now in this. If I will not open the windows of heaven. And begin to pour a blessing for you. 
that there will not be room enough for you to receive the blessing. And the whole world will call you a delightful land. And I rebuke the devourer. It does not mean that God is hungry. Hallelujah. When he says that there may be food in my house, it's just an opportunity that you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. So that you'll be blessed. That it's, it's that simple. It's that simple. Hallelujah. He says, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. And, 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 it, and it happens in church. There are people who come to church, they don't give, they don't give tithe, they don't give offering, they don't do nothing. And because they don't do nothing, every time they still come and find the generator ringing out, out there. The generator is on. Every Sunday you come to church, the generator is on. Have you ever asked yourself, I don't give tithe, I don't give offering, but the generator is always beeping all the time? It's because God is able to do things without you. Hallelujah. So don't think that if you withhold from God, then the house of God is going to suffer. It will not suffer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you own? You own nothing. You absolutely own nothing. In Exodus 19 verse 5, Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And this is the word that God is speaking to the children of Israel. Now therefore, if you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. And I want to tell you this, God wants to hold you as a special treasure above all people of the earth. And all he wants is obey him. He says, for all the earth is mine. So, I was showing you that the Lord planned the earth. The Lord designed the earth. The earth is his masterpiece. And as a manager of what God has given you, he says in Psalm 115, verse 14 to 16, he says, May the Lord give you increase more and more. Somebody say amen. amen. And you know what the promise says? You and your children. So God actually wants to increase you and God wants to increase your children. Hallelujah. He says, may you be blessed by the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. And do you see the next part? He says, who made heaven and earth. He says, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. He has given to the children of men to manage the earth. So the earth is under man's management. And God's expectation is that we do what he says because we are the caretakers of God's property. Hallelujah. And, and there's something else that he says. He says, even you have not been here long enough. Hallelujah. He says, even you have not been here long enough. And therefore, in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 10, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Hundreds of years of trust. Hundreds of patience in trusting God. 
says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your bands will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with all your possessions. Hallelujah. And with the first fruits of your, all your increase. So every time there is an increase, God says, honor me with that. Honor me with your possessions. Because you own nothing. You have not been here long enough. Therefore, trust me and I will direct your paths. That means every time you and I go into confusion, it's not God's problem. It's your problem and my problem. And, and you will agree with me. Most of the times when we are in confusion, most of the times is when we have departed from God's word. Hallelujah. Most of the time. This Bible has an answer for everything on planet earth. Including how to dress. Including how to manage your life. Including how to invest. Including where to put your money and where, and where not to put your money which is not your money. His money. Hallelujah. So don't claim God and work for the opposing company. Amen. In Joshua 21, 43, therefore, the Bible says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and lived in the land. Last week we saw that there was a process of time, 600 to 800 years, that had to pass before this promise was fulfilled. But then I said the next part of it was that Israel had to take responsibility. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was work that belonged to God and there was work that belonged to the children of Israel. Every time God says I will bless you. And he gives you land. It means you need to work on the land. I have given you a business idea. It means you need to, don't, don't just say I have conceived. After conceiving, there is a process. In order for you to see that come to pass. And most of the things which you believe, God has given you an idea. Do you know what I want to tell you today? It's a true. God has given you indeed that idea. But there is work. Hallelujah. This thing of just praying, God do it. God, he will not do it. You have to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can pray as much as you want to pray. You will see nothing. After you have prayed, you go to work. After you have prayed, you apply for the jobs. After you have prayed, you invest. After you have prayed, you do what God says, do. Hallelujah. So in Exodus 33, verse 1 to 2, he said to the children of Israel, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go from here. Who had to depart? The children of Israel had to depart. That means they didn't need to be where they were all the time. They needed to be progressed. 
I pray for you. May we see some progress in your life this year. Hallelujah. May we see some progress. Says, uh, yeah, me too. I have taken over. I have taken over this. Hallelujah. Amen. Says, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham. And I've shown you 55 times he swore it with an oath. Hallelujah. I swore to Abraham. I swore to Isaac. I swore to Jacob saying, to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angel before you. And I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. So the time they were coming, God had already driven them out. But they were not gone. You come on this land and God says, I've given you a house. I've given you a house. But there's bush. On a place that God says, I've given you a house. On this land, I've given you a house. What do you need to do? You need to clear the bush. Hallelujah. You need to clear the bush. You need to dig a foundation. You may find that there is some big trunks of, of trees, which even if you hit with a hole, the hole itself is the one that is getting bent. You go and get some machinery. You bring them on the land. You cut because you say, this is my, the land God has given me and I am building a house here and I can see the house here and therefore you do the work even though God has given you the house. Hallelujah. So it says, I've given you, I've driven them out. So in Numbers 33, verse 51 to 56, I'll jump 54. It says, speak to the children of Israel. And say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out. Uh, now, it's interesting. What did he say in Exodus? I will drive out. Did you see that? In Exodus 33, verse 2, he says, I will send my angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hevite and the Jebusite. In, in number 33, 51 to 56, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out. You shall drive out. Is God running away from responsibility? No. I'm already done. And he says, you shall drive out all the inhabitants from the land from before you. Destroy all their engraved stones. Destroy all their modern images. And demolish all their high places. These are the things that they need to drive out. Anything that is identified with the people that were before here, remove. You shall remove. You shall destroy. You shall not keep everything here. In verse 53, you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it. For I have given you the land to possess. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those who yet, whom you let remain, shall be irritants in your eyes. There will be onion. You know onion? You cut onion, the eyes 
you begin to shed some tears. So God says, anything you leave here, it shall be like onion. It shall be an irritation to your eyes. And thorns in your side. And they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I had thought to do to them. Because you haven't done what I told you to do. We'll see that next week. Hallelujah. So what I want to say, as we begin wrapping up, I'm not yet wrapping up. What I want to say is that God is suffering. Hallelujah. All power, all authority belong to him. Amen. He is all-knowing. Don't think he doesn't know what you are doing. Or he knows. It's just that you are a bad manager. Of your life and your body. And everything that he has given you. Or you are a good manager. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. The way you show ants that you are all-powerful. He is all-powerful. The way you kill cockroaches. Say, what are you doing in my house? And you kill them. He is all-powerful. Nothing happens apart from him. When he speaks, it is done. But in his sovereignty, he gives us work as his people to do. And the Bible says, who is mine? That, I, that thou art mindful of me. Since you have made him a little lower than angels. Actually, let me talk something about that. Do you know we are not the first managers of God's property? The first group were angels. Until when Lucifer misbehaved. And then God created management company number two. Called mankind. You and I. And if we misbehave, he's able to do what he's able to do. You go into the book of Isaiah, Lucifer misbehaves, kicked out to the earth. And that's why you come in Genesis chapter 1, it says the earth was without form and void. And darkness hovered on the earth. Because it was down here. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. So Israel had to conquer. Israel had to possess. Israel had to settle in what God gave them. When you say, I am when God says, I want to give you a blessing. Blessing is the experience of God's favor that is entrusted to you for yourself and for the benefit of other people. Never live a life where you benefit. The only ones who benefit is me, myself, and I. Amen. Let others benefit also. Hallelujah. Because you own nothing. Let even the church benefit. Let, let, let not the pastor always tell you this and that. Sometimes just wake up and say, I want to do something good for the house of God. Because you think you own it. Just, 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 
The way they did with uh, was destroyed. Was destroyed. I say, ah, it's Gideon. And eventually, the change his name to Jehovah. Hey, some people have to obey because they know they own nothing. Amen. So faith, faith is not an idea. Amen. Faith is not an idea. It is not something we sit in. Faith is something we stand in and we stand on. Genuine faith works by acting on God's word. Amen? Genuine faith has got feet to stand on the promises of God and walk in those promises of God step by step. Nothing will happen in your life until you begin. Amen? Until you begin. And I want to tell you, when you begin, you're going to face hurdles. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face obstacles. You're going to face roadblocks. You're going to face whatever. But as you continue, as you persist and persist and persist, one day, one day, one day, you become successful. If you give up, you would have just dug a foundation for failure. Giving up is a foundation for failure. Persistence is a foundation for success. And success happens step by step. And I want you to know, these things that don't happen like that, they happen bangono, bangono. There is nothing called bongo, bongo. There isn't. Hallelujah. It's step by step. Because every step that God is taking you, he is building your character. Do you know that you we see today is not the person you were 10 years ago. Unless you are something. Number one, in your body stature, you have changed. Some of you have lost hair, and yet you used to believe in keeping some really funky, you had some really big hair, and people were wondering, whoa, 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 whoa. Today you have discovered there's nothing in that. And that today when somebody else is busy with that, you say like, we have been there. You haven't seen life long enough. Amen? Some things you used to sweat about 15 years ago, you don't sweat about them today. You have seen part of life. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen? So genuine faith moves. And it moves because God says, move. So in this year, it says, take over. That means you need to what? Take over. There must be something that you have taken over. Hallelujah. We are caretakers of God's property. And that calls for responsibility. And responsibility calls for self-display. Amen. If you want to go anywhere, if you want to go anywhere, there's the first thing you need to do in your life. You must travel in the inside before you travel on the outside. If you're going to go anywhere, if you're going to go anywhere, 
whether you're going to move to Blantyre, whether you're going to move to Zambia, whether you're going to move to Zimbabwe, whether you're going to move to the UK. Do you know what you do? You begin to search about the UK. You begin to find out how much is the air ticket to the UK. You begin to check which airlines go to the UK. You begin to ask, how long does it take? If I go through South Africa, how long? If I go through Ethiopia, how long? If I go through Kenya, how long? You check the airports of the air ticket. And depending on how your pocket is at that point, if your pocket can manage a disababa, even though it's going to take long, you say, that's what people say. People say, hey, plane is a plane. Economic class, business classes, no, they are different. Those who are in business class are treated differently from those who are in economy. And actually, those who are in business class, when they arrive, they arrive afresh. afresh. The chair is wide enough. First class is another world. Even me, I can't say I've never been there. It's another world. You know, there, there are places where there's a bed. There's a bed. People sleep. Once you are busy. And you say, the only thing I can do is let me buy a head, a head what? A head rest. Even the head rest in the middle of sleep, it misbehaves. And somebody on the same plane is... You go in business, they give you a towel, hot, you wipe your face, economy, you don't see. And you tell us, hey, everybody arrives. It's because you don't have. That's why you say everybody arrives. The day you have, you say, hey, even me too, I want to travel nyof nyof. Hallelujah. So you travel first, inside, before you travel outside. Let's talk about the journey. Do you know that the journey for the children of Israel was supposed to take them two weeks? From Egypt to the promised land. It was supposed to take them two weeks. But they were not ready for God's blessings until 40 years later. It should have taken 40 years for them. Hallelujah. It was only 40 years after they began the trip. And they even made Moses not to arrive. So don't make some of us not to arrive. I want to arrive. Hallelujah. They were not prepared. So let me ask you. The things I teach you. How many of you practice them? Some do. And those who do, they see the results. And some of you say, hey, that's how he talks. That's how he talks. I say buy land, even if it's six lines of land, buy. Amen. When I say buy a God, buy a God. Why should you spend all your money on airtime, WhatsApp, checking WhatsApp statuses of people who cooked what and who didn't cook what? Instead of buying a God, instead of buying a car. Instead of buying some chickens. If you can buy the hybrid ones, buy the local ones. Let them begin to rear eggs. Begin to sell the eggs. At least you are taking a step in your life. 
You cannot just be sitting and waiting to be blessed. Blessed where? Blessed how? Blessed who? Blessed why? Hallelujah. Don't tell me I'm praying. No, me too, I pray. Hallelujah. This year, establish your priority goal for this year. And be disciplined to follow through. Hallelujah. You can make a decision and say, this year, my priority goal is that I want to be in the presence of God. My priority goal this year is that I want to read the Bible daily. I want to study it carefully. And I want to apply it to my life. Because I know that the only truth and the only whole truth is the Bible. And you be disciplined. In Hebrews 4.12, he says, For the word of God is living and active. The word of God is living. When you put it into action, it acts. The word of God is living and active. And says, sharper than any double-edged sword or two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division between soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. And able, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is able to judge your intentions. The word of God is able to judge your thoughts. The word of God pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit. Where we can't go, but the word goes. Sometimes when the, this word is coming, you feel like, eh, there are no kanga that come by here. The word of God. God's word has got power cut us deeply like a surgeon's knife. The very same word of God can comfort you. The very same word of God can encourage you. The very same word of God can heal you. The very same word of God can warn you. The very same word of God can convict you of sin. And the very same word of God can transform your life. The very same word of God can transform your culture. The word of God. It just depends on where you are in life. Some of you are looking for healing. It's in the word. Some of you need to be warned and say the path you have taken is a very dangerous path. Change direction. The word of God. Some of you, you say nobody can convict me. The word of God will convict you. And transform your life. The word of If you are looking for comfort, it's in the word of God. So what you need to do is you need to make a disciplined lifestyle your goal this year. When, when you have decided, it's very easy for you to know what you have to say yes to and to know what you have to say no to. You cannot be all over the place. Hallelujah. And as I've said, it's not a one-time event. It has to be a lifestyle. So let's go to Psalm 24. I'm going towards now the end. Psalm 24, verse Three, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob. You can put your name there. The generation of those who seek him who seek your first. What I'm, I want to say is this. Please, church. 
The reason why we come to church is to seek God's face. Amen? The reason why we come to church is to seek Him. But we seek Him not only for us, but also for our children. For generations that are going to come after us. And this year you can say, you know what, Lord? I want to have clean hands. Lord, this year I want to have a pure heart. Lord, this year I don't want to lift up my soul to an idol. I don't want to swear and swear deceitfully. Hallelujah. And you make that your lifestyle. You need to challenge your excuses. Eliminate in your life any tendency you have, you may have, to make excuses. Eliminate it. In Luke chapter 9, 23 to 24, it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to serve their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will serve it. Hallelujah. NIV, Luke chapter 9, 23, 24. So eliminate any tendency. For those that are closer to me, whenever I ask them and say, did you do this? And then they say, ah, pastor, we did it. I say, anything you tell me after this is just an excuse. It doesn't mean you couldn't do it. You could do it. But you want to give, you want to tell me your excuse so that I should believe your excuse and join you in your excuse and that based on your excuse, the thing that needed to be done, it has to be excused to be done. So I say, no, it's just an excuse. Because are there any things that you did? So if you tell me I don't go for CHF, it's an excuse. No, I don't want to come for prayer on Saturday. It's an excuse. I don't want to give because hey, background it's an excuse. It's, it's just that you don't want to do it. Hallelujah. Because have you not been eating? You've been eating all this while. You say background but you have been eating. Even fasting, you didn't fast. You were eating. And you tell me, but God's It's an excuse. It's just that you don't want to fast. But Jesus said, some of these things is not only prayer. It's also fasting. So anything, anything you try to say that you didn't do anything because of something, it's just an excuse. So this year, remove your tendency of giving excuses. Number three. So number one, I said, make, make priorities. Make a goal. Number two, challenge your excuses. Number three, remove the rewards until you finish the job. Those of you that are in business, if I say now something else, you will don't, 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 don't begin to go to Hawaii. Don't begin to go to Hawaii. You can go by Chipata. Alright? You get what I'm saying? If you can't manage Chipata, go to the lake. And if you can manage only one day at the lake, spend one day at the 
Lake, don't spend five days. Amen? If you can't manage to go to the lake, but what you can manage is to stay at home, stay at home. Don't, don't try to live like, like the Joneses. Don't compare yourself. Those who compare themselves among themselves with themselves are not wise. Hallelujah. So, what I'm saying is, don't enjoy the dessert before eating the vegetables. Eat the vegetables first, the dessert will come. Hallelujah. If you haven't had anything else, at least remember the food. I've said dessert, vegetable. Eat the vegetable, the dessert later. Hallelujah. What did pastor preach today? He preached about dessert. He preached about vegetable. He said we should eat vegetable and dessert later. Basically, he was saying all rewards, we should remove them until we have finished the job. Then later on you can say, now we can do this. Hallelujah. Number four, stay focused on the results, not on the difficulty, lest you become discouraged. Focus on where you're going. Our sister, when she was leading intercessions, says, Paul says, I focus on the goal. I forget what is behind. I focus on the goal. I focus on the goal. I focus on, on the goal. Pay the price. Pay the price. Change your focus. Pay the price. Count the benefits of doing what is right and then dive in. Pay the price. Hallelujah. So even as it says, it's a year of taking over. It means you need to pay the price, church. We as a church, we need to pay the price. One of the things I really want us to do before the end of this month is we should finish the fence. And I know you have money. I know you have. And, and, and I want to tell you, it's not yours. It's God's. So today, give me the money. Hallelujah. Uh, should I be saying, hey, now there's a preaching for giving? No, I'm not going to preach to you. You have the money. Give me the money. Hallelujah. Do you have money or you don't have? Huh? So why are you keeping it there? Is it vegetables? Give it to God. You can spare some. Let's finish the fence. Let's put the gate. Hallelujah. And then we'll be saying, this is our land. God has given us to manage. Later in the year, let's begin to build the three-story building. Do you know one of the things we are putting in the building? A cafeteria. I want us to be eating food here. When we finish fasting in June, we go the, in the kitchen. They are already boiling the water. And then we go there, we sit on the tables with nice electricity. If you want a chandelier, I'll get you a chandelier. We go there, we eat. And we'll be saying, hey, church, be like this now. Church, be like this I say, you don't know where we have come from. Hallelujah. But we have to pay the price. As you spend time with God, you can't remain the same after spending time with God. God changes things. God changes you. As I've said, in his presence, there's healing, there's satisfaction, there's cleansing, there's enlightenment, there's joy, there's peace, there's hope. In his presence. So whether or not your outward circumstances change 
one thing I can tell you is that you'll be changed. As you spend time in God's presence, you'll be changed. Amen? Sometimes that change comes in a moment. But most of the times, it comes through absorbing His presence the way plants grow. That means they are planted outside of our fence right now. To absorb light, to absorb the water, and then it begin to grow. If you just take away the sunlight, there will be no photosynthesis. So it's only when you have taken possession, it's only when Israel had taken possession of the land that the Bible says in Joshua 21, verse 44 to 45, and I read, the Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. My prayer for you is that may everything that God has spoken to us. And actually when we were doing intercessions, that's when I remembered what God has spoken to us. Do you know at the end, I think at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, God has spoken to us the word. He said, yes, there is COVID, but none of you is going to go missing. None of you is going to die because of COVID. And truly, in 2021, nobody in KSC Some of us have had COVID. I didn't. But maybe I had, but I didn't have COVID. I actually think I had. But I think. But I didn't know. But some of you, actually, you were diagnosed that you had COVID. But today we can see that. God has been faithful to his word. Amen? This year, the very same God has given us a word. And my prayer is that let not a single word of what God has spoken in your life fail. Hallelujah. Of any good thing that God has declared, let it not fail. Let what God has declared come to pass. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.